Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here at RSA Conference 2013 talking with Al Pasquale of Javelin. Al, we were talking about the recent ID fraud survey results that came out, and this is actually a survey that Javelin's been doing for about nine years now. You took the survey over actually from the FTC. What can you tell us about the survey and then maybe some of the overarching themes that came out from it? Uh, you know, every year we look at the number of victims potentially affected by identity fraud. Uh, this year, I believe it was 12.6 million U.S. consumers. That's uh, an incidence rate of about 5.26% of the U.S. population over the age of 18. We've uh, also seen that there is a strong correlation uh, between data breaches and whether or not you become a victim of identity fraud. We also know uh, some other things about how fraud is behaving. Uh, there is a shorter misuse time, actually the shortest misuse time in the history of our report. Those crimes are now being committed over a span of 48 days. Um, so criminals are tightening the window, and that could be due to the uh, industry becoming better at capturing the fraud or detecting it and stopping it, or um, fraudsters may be getting what they need within a shorter window of time, and that's something we need to be aware of. Now, one of the things that I found interesting, and I always find this interesting when you guys release the survey results, is that it depends on the way that information is compromised. So, for instance, if a consumer's been compromised because of a data breach that exposed credit card information, they're only exposed to a certain type of fraud versus someone who has a social security number compromised, which I, I don't think is surprising. And in fact, if your social security number is compromised, you're, you're more apt to suffer from fraud across the board. Can you break down some of those results for us? Because I think from a card issuing perspective, the credit card breaches would definitely be of interest in the type of fraud that you see there. Actually, uh, when we looked at consumers who had advised us that they had suffered a data breach, and, and the way we would know that is we asked them if they had received the data breach notification, uh, the correlation between being notified of a data breach uh, and actually suffering a certain type of fraud is very, very strong. So talking about credit cards, if you receive notification that your credit card number has been breached, the incidence rate for that particular population is 28% when we talk about existing credit card fraud. For all consumers, it's only 3.1%. So that's almost nine times greater. So it tells us, it's a pretty strong indicator that you know you lose a credit card, there's a better than a one in four chance that you are going to become a victim of existing card fraud. You noted earlier the breach in South Carolina, which of course was a breach of social security numbers. What types of information did you gather and how do you think that this breach will have an ongoing impact on some of the consumers that were affected? When we talked about uh, South Carolina, we know that there were different pieces of information that were lost, social security numbers along with payment card information. We looked specifically at the social security numbers that were lost. So there was 3.6 million social security numbers lost. Um, when we took our numbers, our incidence rate findings, and multiplied them by the number of lost social security numbers, we basically equated that to approximately 587,000 cases of new account fraud. Pretty simple math, but when you put it together, more than half South Carolinians could potentially suffer from new account fraud as a result of this breach. You've taken quite a few results and then you've come up with some different analyses. You had noted earlier that you had done some comparisons here based on card fraud, whether it's card present transactions or card not present transactions, and the fact that EMV actually is having an impact in European markets. What did you glean from that and what does it mean for U.S. issuers? Well, what we saw in Europe, and this is based on you know data reported out of Europe, uh, especially the U.K., is that after implementing EMV, there was a substantial drop in fraud at the point of sale 
mail with credit cards. But CMP fraud, especially online, spike. I mean, it's, it's a pretty easy thing to figure out. You know, the criminals have the cards, but they can't use them at the point of sale anymore, so they're going to go online and use them instead. Uh, so we think that it's very likely we're going to see the same issue here in the United States. Luckily, we are at least a couple years out from common use of EMV. We're actually suspecting strong penetration of won't happen until 2017. Um, so there's a bit of time to deal with the issue in the interim, but we need a solution that doesn't just address the point of sale. We need something that's going to make up for that change in the market. So when a consumer takes that EMV card and uses it online, they're not exposed. That's where the fraud is going to be occurring. And e-commerce merchants, m-commerce merchants, they need to know that the person who's using the card on the other end as well is also the actual consumer. So, I mean, there's two particular issues there, but in reality, I think they can both be solved with a certain number of solutions that are being bandied about, but they haven't been actualized yet. They had been, then European fraud losses for CMP wouldn't be so high either. Right. So, you know, we can kind of learn as to what is going to happen down the line, you know, from Europe, but there's still an opportunity to figure out exactly how to fix the problem because they haven't fixed it yet either. And so how did you tie in some of this review of, of EMV with your report about data breaches, or at least tying it into data breaches? When we looked at um, how information was misused for consumers, uh, we know that in 45% of the cases that we studied in the report of identity fraud, uh, in 45% of the cases, their information was misused to make a retail purchase online. As of, I believe, 2011, the misuse of information to make online purchases exceeded the misuse of information to make purchases at the point of sale. 95% of the cases of misuse to make purchases online this year was made with credit cards. So, you know, that CMP fraud has overtaken fraud at the point of sale as it is now. So when EMV is implemented, it's just going to skyrocket. And um, I mean, that's a real concern. It's already starting to show itself. I can only imagine what the numbers are going to be like in a few years. What does this report tell us that you didn't tell us last year? What new information have you gleaned from the survey results this time around? Um, well, the greatest threat is really, I guess, the digital world. Fraudsters no longer want to commit fraud in person, right? So they're not passing bad checks anymore. We've seen incidents of that down. They don't want to go to the ATM just to steal money from a consumer because that's down as well. They're not making the purchase at the point of sale anymore. That's down. But what is going up? Electronic crimes. You know, crimes where they can go ahead and hide behind the cover of a PC or a laptop. Crimes of anonymity. So not only are they making the purchases online more often with consumers compromised information, they're also stealing the information that way as well. So they're taking the information that they get from data breaches and they're using it to commit fraud. You know, that's where they're sourcing the data. We know that there's been an explosion in malware. You know, they're using that information again to get the data. They're not dumpster diving. They're not going through people's mail. All those days have long since gone. So it really is about that transition and we need to be aware that that's where the vulnerability is. That's where the fraud's also being committed. Thanks, Al. I appreciate your time. Of course. Anytime.